Hi, I'm Dr. Sabrina Black and welcome to Mental Health Monday. I'm so glad that you tuned back in. As you know, I'm talking about addictions today and this is part two. If you've been following me, you know that my goal is to provide some tips and some techniques and some tools and resources that can help you deal with relationships, with life, COVID-19 and beyond. We have to live life after this. And so as we talk today about addictions, I have a very special guest with me today, uh, a spiritual daughter who is 21 years sober and we say hallelujah, praise God. But in part one, she also talked about how she was 20 years on the other side of it as well. So she knows what it's like. But not only is my special guest a person who has been through the recovery process, but she's also helping others deal with recovery as well. She is a recovery coach. She's a sponsor. She's on a board of an organization that deals with a recovery called The Real, which deals with recovery, education, advocacy, and leadership. And so she is really helping to equip others to become leaders, to be able to develop an army of people who can help those who are coming out of whatever type of bondage they find themselves in. Donna is also a, a woman who is married. She's a, a, a mother of six, a grandmother of 13, and a business owner in the community. Uh, she has two businesses currently that she's actively involved in, but you got to know she's an entrepreneur, so she's always launching different businesses and helping others launch them too. Uh, her two businesses that she's currently very active in are the transportation company, and you can tell us a little bit about that, as well as a physical therapy company. So I want to say welcome, Donna. Thank you so much for joining me on Mental Health Monday and being here to talk about addiction and recovery. I'm so thankful that you're willing to share your story. But now we want to talk about how can people get help? So if you can begin to kind of talk about what is that process of recovery for a person when they're realizing, you know what, I, I can't do this anymore. We, we know that our lives have become unmanageable. We realize that we have to surrender. We acknowledge that there's indeed a higher power and that we need to turn our lives over. So if you could talk some about that. Some of the, uh, a few of the things, and, and, and when I came in, you know, I knew I had a problem, but I didn't consider myself an addict. Mm. I want to just say something real important, um, because um, this is, uh, you have to make this for yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is a mission you have to make for yourself. Yes. No one can tell you, your mom, your dad, you know, uh, your pastor, you know, the court system, you have to admit that you're an addict. That's the only way, that's the first thing you must do in order to start your path of recovery. Mm -hmm. There's an IP called Am I an Addict? Mm -hmm. You know, Dad, I want to say too, for people who don't like saying things like I am an addict, but you do have to acknowledge what you are. Like you say, I am a sinner. Saved by grace, you have to acknowledge that I am a sinner. You know, Isaiah was willing to say that I am a man that's undone. I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. And so you've got to acknowledge that you are where you are in order to move from that place. And so when you make the acknowledgement that I am an addict, I have addictive behaviors, we're not saying that you're going to always be that, but that's what you are right now in the process of transformation. So Donna, if you can kind of talk about some of the questions that people can ask to help them understand, maybe I do have a problem I'm struggling with. And I know there are a lot of questions, but you can give us at least eight because people who watch know that eight is my number for uh, talking about hope, help, and healing. So one of the questions is, do you ever use alone? Uh, do you regularly use a drug when you wake up or when you go to bed? Have you ever taken one drug to overcome 
the effects of another. Mm. Have you ever lied about how much you used? Do you put the purchase of drugs ahead of your financial responsibilities? Does using interfere with your sleeping or eating? Is your drug use making life at home unhappy? Hmm. And the last question, have you ever felt defensive, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. guilty, or ashamed about your using? Yeah, and so even as Donna is reading those questions, she's talking about just, this is just eight questions that she's asking, and she's saying drug use. But keep in mind, you can insert about your sex addiction about your gambling addiction, about your eating addiction, about being a workaholic, about being a person who's addicted to the internet and social media. It could be about shopping. You know, even though we're not getting out to the mall, some people have become best friends with the shopping network. Amazon is like their neighbor. They always dropping off packages. And so those are questions that you can ask. And so even though she's saying drugs, just insert what your addiction might be. Donna, if you can read those questions again, because I know some people's like, well, wait a minute, I didn't hear that. Is that, for, is that really me? And if you say again. You mentioned drugs one time. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People think that is just the drugs, but you find out how it affects in so many other areas. I'll read the questions again. Do you ever use alone? It doesn't have to be drugs. Do you use gambling? Do you use food, you know, um, sex, um, you know, eating? Um, do you regularly use drugs when you wake up or go to bed? Have you ever taken a drug to overcome the effects of another? Uh, have you ever lied about what or how much? Do you put the purchase of drugs ahead of your financial responsibility. Sorry, it's three times. <laughs> it's okay. And again, people know that they can insert whatever their addictive behavior might be. Yes. Do, uh, do you use, does using interfere with your sleeping or eating? Um, and um, is your drug use making life at home unhappy? Mm-hmm. So, so those are just eight questions. Again, and we repeated the questions. It's important that you do stop and ask yourself those questions. And I would say, if you answered yes to any one of those, not even all eight of those, if you answered yes to any one of those, you may want to step back and say, you know what? Maybe I would benefit from talking to somebody to figure out what is it that's happening in my life that's making me act out. Remember we said earlier that nobody wakes up and decides to be an addict that you're trying to experience well-being or avoid pain. So what are the painful things in your life? And we know that right now with people being sheltered in place, dealing with COVID-19, that there are a lot of stressors in place right now. So Donna, if we could talk some right quick about some of the uh, triggers for relapse, like people who are in recovery who are struggling right now, what are some potential things that are setups for relapse? Um. Unable to face rea um, reality and life the way it is. Mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes, we situations are happening, and we feel powerless. And so, when we don't know what to do, we seek out, and most times, someone will use. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, money can be a trigger. 
I know with the stimulus money that's been given. Yeah. Um, and 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 in our, in the communities, we have heard that a lot of people are relapsing at this particular time, um, and uh, they d can't deal with this pandemic situation. Money in hand is a trigger for them. They might go around, you know, um, uh, wet faces. And wet faces are people that they use or who are using. Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. wet places, people, you know, places you shouldn't be going to um, yeah. uh, where using may take place. You know, being with the wrong crowd. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, hanging out in areas that, you know, are not conducive um, to your well-being. Um, you know, um, you know, I, not addressing some of your fears. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Most time people don't talk about what they feel. We use because we, how we think or how we feel. Exactly. Yeah. So those are five things that, that Donna has mentioned. Other things that might be potential triggers is just anxiety, uh, depression, loneliness, boredom. Hear what I'm saying? Boredom can be a trigger. You need something to do, some, some type of excitement, some type of stimulus. And so we talked about the idea that money is a trigger. And so when your money comes in, you need to have plans for that. That's not party money. That's not addiction money. That, that money needs to be tagged for real life situations, circumstances that you need to take care of, not for acting out. And so even as we talk about this idea that money's coming in, that you're being confined, that you feel like you're having to do things against your will, all these these things are triggers for possible relapse. They don't have to be. And so when you feel yourself feeling some kind of way, and, and you know the kind of way you feel when whatever it is is happening, that's the time to say, you know what, L let me make a phone call. Let me get in touch with my sponsor. Let me get to a meeting. Let me call my counselor. Let me call my recovery coach. But there's a community of people who are willing to walk alongside you in this season so you don't have to ever be anywhere suffering in silence or trying to do this by yourself. And so Donald, let's, let's talk about, well, how do people reach out for help if they know they need help? Because again, I wanna remind people that they, they are lovable, that they are forgivable, that they are valuable, that there is nothing that you have done that can separate you from the love of God. There's nobody that you've heard or no amends that you need to make that's gonna keep you from the kingdom. So we want you to know, reach out for help because help is available. What can yeah. they do, Donna? Okay, there's a few things that you can do. And, and even with the COVID-19, don't stop us. God has put things in place and we're so grateful. Just on this format that we're using now, which is Zoom, mm -hmm. that has become a new way. And I think it's here to stay on so many levels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Zoom, um, there's meetings going every day. Hmm. Um, since the uh, COVID-19 have started, there is in a Zoom meeting list at gmail.com. You can um, send a message there and they can send you a list of all the meetings. They're international meetings. There's 24 hour meetings. There's conventions that's happening. Mm -hmm. They're doing, um, you know, um, <laughs> they had a comedy thing one day. Uh -huh. Comedians were actually on the line telling jokes, and 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 then they had a a, a so-called party, but but it was people zooming like just dancing to the music. Uh -huh. 
one person that had a DJ. And so we, we have fun around here. It's not gloom and doom, mm. but the recovery, the addict sharing their experience, strength, and hope. Mm. I'm in meetings every day. Mm-hmm. Every day. I can tune in and look at my list um, and, and tap into a meeting on Zoom, and, and it's free. Mm. It's free. You get your list, and any time of the day, you don't have to worry. Mm-hmm. The meeting I was on earlier today had a thousand people in there. Wow. A thousand. To show you the number of people who are somewhere in need of help. And that was a thousand that was in that one meeting. There were other meetings going on, and there were people who should have been in a meeting who weren't. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so I got off of that meeting and went to another meeting. <laughs> just even we take care of our business because behind the scenes, there's things that happen mm-hmm. on the group level, area level that probably don't, you know, I wouldn't want to bore you with, but those things are still happening because of the platform of, of Zoom. Mm-hmm. So keeping it alive. So any addict can stop using drugs, lose the desire and find a new way to live. That is our message. Amen. That's, that's a good thing. That's a good message to have. And so there are all these platforms available. And, and do know that as uh, social distancing and safe distancing is, is loosened and on the days to come, that there will also be physical meetings that you can still get back to. A lot of times churches will have meetings. Uh, community centers will host meetings. Uh, not only do you have a Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous and Sex Anonymous, you have Celebrate Recovery for people who are thinking, well, I don't want to be in one of those recovery meetings. I don't want people telling me I'm always being an addict. But there are different platforms, but the point is you need group support. You, you need a community of people around you and people who have been through what you're going through, people who understand and recognize the signs and the symptoms. You may be able to fool your grandmama. <laughs> you may be able to talk over your children and, and you may be able to talk past your spouse sometimes, but people who have been there, they recognize and they know. And, and so Donna, we want to talk some about what are some of the slogans of recovery that you often hear people say? I know people talk about this one day at a time. And so I'm going to put a slogan out there and if you can talk a little bit about what, what it means real quickly. So let's talk about one day at a time. Sometimes saying this is a lifelong program seems too big, too much for an individual. And sometimes we just want you just to, just to think about today. Just today. All right. Uh, what about this too shall pass? A lot of times we're in our feelings about what is going on and we can't see a way out. Mm. But if you just allow, just know mm. that too shall pass. The storm always passes. Even though there's a storm here, it's not here to stay. That's right. All right. Let go and let God. Linda used to always say this. She said, the sun is shining. Mm. You may not see the sun, but somewhere the sun is shining. Mm. And if you can remember that. Yeah. It's shining. And guess what? Mm. See it. If you just stick around, yes, and as you said, that too shall pass. Mm-hmm. So tell us about let go and let God. A lot of times we try to hold on and we try to do things on our own, mm-hmm. and and we made a mess of our lives already. 
That's why we need that higher power. <laughs> Again, have to surrender and let go. Yeah. God is in the business of doing what he does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just give it to him. Yeah. And I, I want to say too, Don, if I can jump in, because I know a lot of times people who have not been a part of any kind of recovery program struggle with the idea of higher power. And, 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 you know, when your life has become unmanageable and you can't handle it, you just need to turn your life over to something or somebody. And so we thank God that there is a higher power, which means there's a power beyond you. There, yeah. there, there's something more than you. There's a greater universe around you. And for some people, they don't know what to call that just yet. And, and so I need to let you know that a lot of people go into recovery with no background in religion, no church history, and they come out knowing God. And so it may simply start out as just a higher power. But at some point, that higher power becomes Jesus Christ. It becomes the Holy Spirit. It becomes Father God. It becomes the Trinity. And so don't be down on people when they talk about that they're in recovery because everybody has to start somewhere and everybody is on their own journey. And your journey may be different from the people that you're talking to, but be gracious. Give people room to experience their own journey without your judgment because that's why a lot of people don't get help because sometimes well-meaning Christians can be so judgmental about what people are trying to do that we shut them down and they end up going back to what they used to do because of that frustration, that emotion buildup we were just talking about. So give people room to process. Here's another one. Be gentle with yourself. So again, these are the slogans of recovery. So talk about be gentle with yourself. A lot of times we're our, our, our worst critics and mm-hmm. we are hard on ourselves for the shame and guilt or the embarrassment of what we've done. Mm. If you're going to beat yourself up, do it with a feather. <laughs> I like that. Beat yourself with a feather. Yeah, it might tickle a little bit. <laughs> Here's another one. And this was one of my favorites. You know, and, and Donna, we didn't really get a chance to talk about it in part one. Um, when we talked about that list of, of different um, issues or things that people have addictions to. And you, know, and you talked about being 21 years sober. I, I also come out of an addictive background and I have various addictions. I, I had a shopping addiction. I had a sex addiction. You know, I was never strung out on drugs or anything, but I also had those same dry drunk behaviors that people talk about. And so when you're coming out of any type of addictive behavior, you always have to monitor yourself. The Bible says, be careful lest you fall. And so I'm at no point trying to fall back into anything that God has brought me out of. And so I talk about this from the perspective of a clinician, but also from a woman in recovery. (laughs) You know, I've been set free from some things. I've been delivered from some things. I got CDs on the website. I have workbooks on the website, books on the website. And so God has given me the liberty to talk about the things that he has brought me out of, but I'm thankful for that. And so again, we all have a journey. One of my favorite slogans in recovery was the concept of HALT. H-A-L-T, which stands for Hungry, Angry, Lonely, Tired. If you could talk some about that, Donna. Yes. Um, That is in our 10th step um, because we want to um, be able to um, deal with our current, our future. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so the 10th step is we continue to take personal inventory. Hmm. And when we are wrong, we promptly admit it. We do that so we don't have to uh, fall prey and have our past. So we look at our present. And and in our present, what we have to be careful of is don't get too hungry. Anything too much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Addicts. And too much, if it feel good, tastes good, look good, then we're (laughs) off and running. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So 
get too hungry, mm. end up making bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Too lonely, we make bad decisions. You know, too tired. Mm-hmm. You know, so, and too hungry. You know, so all of those things, the heart is like, okay, stop. Mm-hmm. Yep. So stop. <laughs> yeah. So when we talk about hungry, we're not just talking about hungry for food. Right. You know, we think about hungry for the, the six key areas of neediness that everybody has in their life. And I wish there were eight, but there's at least six. Uh, and that's everybody wants acceptance. Everybody wants attention. When you're hungry for affection or affiliation or appreciation or applause, but when you're hungry for those things, you would do certain things to get that need met. And so we all have these basic needs, but the question is, how are you going about getting these basic needs met? So that's hungry. And angry is that you're frustrated because something's not going your way. And you have to realize that life is not always your agenda, that, that God has a plan and it's a perfect plan. And it's a plan to do you good and not harm, and to give you hope in a secure future. So we can't get angry when things don't happen our way. So that's the anger. Then that lonely, sometimes we end up isolating ourselves, especially when we are acting out in a way that we know we shouldn't. Because again, it's the embarrassment, it's the shame, it's wondering, do people know? Can people see what we've been doing? And, and I think that, I, you know, I, I laugh sometimes now when I think back on, on some of the crazy things that we did, you know, and I say crazy in quotation mark, you know, just that foolish stuff that we did. You know, I, I can remember at some point, getting high when I, when I was younger and, and, and then spraying perfume before I came in the house and chewing gum, thinking that that covered up the smell. <laughs> and at that point, you just smell like somebody who had been smoking weed and wearing perfume and chewing gum. You know, and, and so again, the things we do that we think are covering stuff up don't even really work. People see right through that. And, and so I would encourage parents even to pay attention to your children, your teens, when they, when they step out back, what are they going out back to do? They may not be making a simple phone call. Maybe they're going to act out in some way. And so you want to always be checking and following up and monitoring and talking to them about safety. Because one of the things Donna said in part one was that it was that peer pressure that, that took her over the edge. It was that wanting to fit in, that, that affiliation need that we're talking about. It's that wanting to be connected with other people, wanting to be a part of something. And, and you do that. And if you can avoid that first time, that may be the thing that keeps you. And so again, we're talking about the things that are part of the slogans of recovery uh, in, in terms of these 12 steps and, and trying to get people whole, get people the help that they need. So we talked about one day at a time. Uh, be gentle with yourself. This too shall pass. Let go and let God. We're just talking about the hot couch concept, H-A-L-T. So just three more. Uh, to thine own self be true. Talk about that for a moment, Donna. Right. Um... I always say be true to yourself and the same, um, um, it's the same as, as you put it, that, you know, so a lot of times we want to project or um, have others to think of us a certain way. Mm. But we, we I, I am who I am. Mm. And I'm not trying to be anybody else but mm. You know, some of us came here because we wanted to be anybody but ourselves. I remember a story being told that the, a person, they, they looked at the neighbors and they seemed to be well-dressed and fed and all that. And they wanted, they would go home and hated to go home. They wanted to be, you know, in another family. They wanted to be like her, like, the, you know. And, and I am who I am. And the beauty lies within. Yes. 
put inside of me. Amen. Amen. God understand, but that took time. Like you said, I didn't come in here brimming with love, Mm. honesty, and open-mindedness. It took time. Yeah. It took time for me to build this relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And God has allowed me to see. He'd allow me to open my eyes and see the world for what it is. Mm, yeah. And I, I can be a better version of myself. Yes. So when you say to that own self be true, you know, Zion says, I am who I am and I am who I am by the grace of God. And when you think about who you are, you can say, I am, I am accepted. I am blessed. I am chosen. I am delivered, hallelujah. I'm elevated out of my situations and my circumstances. I am forgiven. I am God's handiwork. I am healed. I am in him. And so you can go from A to Z talking about who I am. And it's important that you learn to be true to who you are in him. That was number six. Number seven is similar. It says live and let live. And I just want to sum that up by saying that just like that person is on a journey, you're on a journey. We want to let each person work their journey. So you live your life. Let me live my life. And, and if you want to walk alongside me, that's a wonderful thing. But nobody wants to be a fixer-up project. And so, so don't spend time telling people about how wonderful they would be if. I'm wonderful now because the Bible says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, even though I'm struggling with this addictive behavior. So live and let live. And then the last one, number eight, and again, there's lots of different slogans of recovery. I just want to give you eight because you know that's my number. But last eight, there before the grace of God go I. And I just want to sum that up by saying, be mindful to think soberly about yourself. Don't be too haughty. Don't feel like, oh, that would never happen to me. I would never do that. I'd never make those choices. If you didn't have God keeping you, you'd possibly be in the same situation. And yes, these people have God and it's God that's keeping them even now. And so again, these are just eight of the, treatment slogans that people say it's just a way to remind themselves that i'm on a journey and it's all a process so yeah. i just want to remind you that that hope is available help is available healing is available yeah. you know, i think about hope and i think about hope h-o-p-e is helping other people escape mm-hmm. and, and that's my goal i, I want to be able to help you get out of whatever bondage that you're in. And so you know that you can reach me on Psychology Today. You can find me at drsabrinablack.com. I am uh, working in the area of addiction and recovery. I specialize in gambling addiction as well as sex addiction, but I can work in any area. I don't do anything with detox. I would uh, recommend you go to a program for that, but I can help you for the relational problems that have been caused as a result of whatever addictive behavior that you have. So, so Donna, as we, we try to wrap up this uh, segment here, part two of dealing with addictions on Mental Health Monday, what would you want to let people know just by way of encouragement? Okay, um, that this program works. Uh, it works if you work it. Mm. I want to say that my life, I couldn't imagine that my life would be as fruitful mm, thank you. as it is. Um, I never thought, you know, um, if I would have wrote this out, I would have been shortchanging myself mm. because I have received so much. Mm. I have a network of people and I know that there is no problem so big or complicated mm. that using drugs, sex, gambling 
will make it better. Hmm. Not. It's a setup. Yes. God is the answer. But if we take one day at a time, one day at a time. Yeah. And if that's too much, take one minute. Hmm. Hope is available. I talked about the Zoom meetings for here and now, and they will be here to stay. But I also want to say that we have a hotline. Um, you see that number? It's a 24-hour helpline meeting. It's 248-543-7200 or a toll-free 877-338. 1188. You can call and get a live person. This is a meeting list, and there's meetings all over the metropolitan area, even in Canada. We have meetings every day of the week. Mm -hmm. um, it's a message for the newcomer, and it states this is a program of recovery. We offer suggestions and choices. We suggest you don't use, yeah. make 90 meetings in 90 days, buy a basic text. I got my stuff. <laughs> Amen. Yes, it said, <laughs> and read it. Continue to make meetings. Mm -hmm. Use no matter what. No matter what. Get phone numbers of people that you can call and use them. Find yourself a sponsor. That's a man or a woman whose life seems to be reasonably happy mm -hmm. and willing to help you in your mm -hmm. recovery. I like that, reasonably happy, because nobody is perfect. We <laughs> are working towards the day of perfection in Christ Jesus. Nobody's perfect, but we're all on a journey and you can be on a journey too, a journey of recovery. In Isaiah 61 and four, it talks about rebuilding the ancient ruins, restoring places that have been long devastated and renewing ruined cities. And so that's what I wanna be able to help you do, to rebuild, to restore and to renew. Thank you so much for listening. I pray that this has been a blessing for you. I hope something that was said will help you, your family, your friends. Please like this, share this, do a watch party about this. Make sure you go back and check out part one where Donna shares more about her testimony. You get a chance to hear more about the addictive cycle, but make sure that you continue to tune in for Mental Health Monday. Again, I'm Dr. Sabrina Black. You can find me on Psychology Today and drsabrinablack.com. Thank you, Donna, so much. Again, my guest was Donna Marks, a yeah. phenomenal woman, 21 years sober, whose life has been transformed. Not only is she giving back, but she's a mother, a grandmother, a wife, a woman in the community, a business owner. Whatever your life is now, it doesn't have to stay the same. You too can be transformed. Again, thanks for watching. Love you so much. God bless.